Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the From the Stands podcast. I am Sean, joined as always by my brother, Ian. Ian, the third member of the From the Stands team is here. Welcome I'm to back, the show. baby. Oh, he doesn't even, back. Wait, doesn't even wait. Pogod's back, family. Let's go. I just, That's right. I, I just love being on with you guys. Like, it's, oh, it's so fun. Well, that is Rob Shaw, pod god from the Shaw's Law podcast. So make sure you're checking him out. We're going to talk some hoops. And in preparation for this episode, I went back and listened in detail and took notes to our entire over-unders podcast that we did on the Western Conference just four weeks ago. And it was actually born out of something that Ian said about Utah, where Ian said, I know I'm going to hold this L, but I'm going to take the under. So we have a new segment to the podcast, and it's called Hold That L. Not Take That L. Because we're not all the way through yet, so you're just holding it, you're nurturing isn't, it. You're, isn't Utah? Isn't Utah eight and five? They are eight and five. Yes, under looks good. 51, mm. 51 and a half for Utah, so it's trending towards a high forties team. But right, that's not one of the L's that we're going to hold, and there are a few to dish out because we're not fully taking it now. Still, the full season to go. Teams could fall off. Teams could could come out of the, out of the graveyard. But hold that L and Rob Shaw. We're starting with you. I have a few written down. I have a feeling you don't need to be told what your L is. Tell the listeners what L you are holding right now. Take it. I'm not even holding this L. Like I in barring an injury, I'm smoking this L. <laughs> I was under on the Warriors and I said some greasy things. And who would have thought that Steph Curry would just go full on Super Saiyan? and carry this bunch of suckers to to victory upon victory upon victory. Andrew Wiggins actually looks like he likes basketball. You're being being disrespectful again. You're being disrespectful again. Draymond Green is one of the five best defensive players to ever walk the planet. So that matters. And we're seeing how much, the, like when the Warriors are winning championships, right? We all go crazy about like, oh, you know, look at the offense and look at Clay, Steph, Durant. The, the thing that people don't talk about is that they were actually like number one in defense every single year. And now they're back to that level and they're feeding off of that again. And the Draymond thing with Steph is at a different planet right now. When you call so, yeah, it, hold that. You called, you called, actually called it out on the podcast and said that. Last year, I think they were top two in defense, even last year. And that was with a team where I think, Rob, you guessed like middle of the pack, so did I. And he was like, they were top five or something like that. So that transitions to this year. If this keeps up, which it seems like it it could, it should, you know teams like this get two all-stars. So the easy answer would be Steph and Draymond. But Draymond's averaging like eight, eight and six. So I wonder if the voting, if you would get the votes. My question to you is, if a team this dominant is this dominant at the, at the, at the All-Star break, they're going to get two All-Stars. Is Andrew Wiggins an All-Star? Andrew Wiggins would have to average something preposterous for him to get the nod over Draymond just because Draymond's social cachet within the league, like who Draymond is. And especially in this analytics era, like. You can you can quantify Draymond's impact and you don't need to use the raw counting stats. 
Wiggins, so, go ahead. I, I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, I think part of the reason that Andrew Wiggins is becoming what Andrew Wiggins has become is because he's embraced the fact that he is what he is, and that is a complimentary player, right? I don't need you to be number one pick Andrew Wiggins who makes $30 million. The reason he's flourishing is because he's flourishing in his role, right? And that I, I think that's the difference. He is a role player. We're not going to, you know, despite what, you know, the Atlanta Hawks did when they had four people in there and Kyle Corver was there, those mistakes of putting those guys in the all-star game doesn't happen very often. Happy for Kyle Corver, shouldn't have been there. Wiggins is going to be the same. If there's a second all-star to come here, it's Draymond. I, it was an, the reason I brought it up is it was an argument in our office today. And to me, it was easy. It's Draymond, especially if writers have anything to do with it. He is one of, if not the best defensive player in players in the, in the NBA. So to me, it would be this, this season. He is the best defensive player in the league. Yeah. And it could be an anomaly. It could be that it's just they're 20 and four and it's just Steph, but who knows? I, I, I think again, you're holding that L right now, Rob, but I'm going to, I'm going to hand out. I want to hand out another L. Hold on. Before we leave off Golden State, I have a question to ask you both. If in the next five years, Stephen Curry wins another MVP and or another championship, what are we talking about all time? He's on Magic's ass. Agreed. He, like, I'm a huge resume guy, and Steph's resume is it's going to have things on it that like almost come you. So the unanimous MVP should hold more weight than, Oh, he beat so-and-so by three votes. Um, 73 and nine, they didn't win it, but he's a unanimous MVP. He's the best player on the best regular season team of all time. He's proven to be one of the three or four, four most malleable superstars we've ever seen. Like you put the best score in the world in the history of the game next to him and Steph doesn't miss a beat. Now, some of that is a credit to the malleability of Kevin Durant and they might've been the two most malleable superstars. We give that credit to Tim Duncan though too, right? So like it matters, it counts. But, but Tim Duncan is a little bit different just because these are two ball dominant wings. Like Duncan could anchor your defense in a way that like his impact is just Hey, there's nothing going on at the rim. These are two dudes that 30 balls are what they do. Like they put 30 on the ball on the board nightly and almost effortlessly. And Steph is going to have a, if he wins another MVP, he's going to have a real top 10 case and he's going to really be on magic's ass for best point guard ever. So I think the top 10 case is absolutely there. Um, if you look at it just from point guards, it's crazy. For a league that has been flushed with point guards for so long, if you think of the top 10, it, it doesn't blow you out of the water like it would with with gar- like shooting guards wings. Or, or, or wings, right? Because Magic is undoubtedly one. If you look at resume, he's chasing Oscar and Jerry right now. So he's chasing Oscar and the logo. Oscar's resume is one NBA title, one MVP, nine all-NBA first teams. Okay, he, he he passed he passed Oscar five years ago, probably. And then, but again, but if it's not him, he's already Isaiah. On pass then Isaiah, Isaiah he's, he's passed Isaiah already. I agree. He's got three Look, titles, two MVPs. Yes, to your question. Yeah, yeah. This he could I, be I like take, 
He might I'm kick Kobe one, out, which is crazy I, if he does this. I'm going to take it one step further because I completely agree with you. And the fact that we're on the same wavelength means that you guys get it, right? Like historically, I'm sorry, like we just have not seen this from this position. The, the, the NBA is dominated by big men and wings. So for a little guy, it is such a big deal. It is such a big deal. And we all go Magic. And I get it. Magic was 6'9". Yeah. Right. Curry is right? the like, best little guy to ever play the game. Right. Curry Curry is the greatest guard since Michael Jordan. Period. So you already oh. have him over Kobe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and all due respect to Kobe. Steph, Steph to me is, is, is past that. Ooh. We're going to have, you know, as Rob said, we're going to have the magic discussion. But Curry right now is top eight. Um, I think the that, of man, Kobe could, Stan, the, the, the people of the good island of Koba Slovakia. And I, I love Kobe. That is Ian Stansfield, 26. <laughs> Direct your ire there. I'm not saying I agree or disagree, but that was him who attacked your Lord and Savior, Kobe Bean Bryant. The Bean- for the record, for the record, hey, anyone wants to have the Kobe discussion with me, I'm happy. I'm happy to have it. I'm well, happy to have it. it. They're just going to attack. No, you. they're going to scream at me, and that's fine. Okay, Kobe was an all-time great. I, I, I'm looking. I'm looking of a picture of him on my wall. All-time great. We have not seen this from the guard position since Michael Jordan. Uh, End of story. Okay. So two two quick things because we got to move on. I have a lot of topics I want to get to. First and foremost. The one thing that is forgotten with the Kobe Bryant experience was his defense. So you got to understand both ends of the floor. While Steph is not a sieve, again, I think he's close. I think he's he's close. I think I saw today that Steph is like top 10 in defensive rating this year. Again, I'm not disagreeing with you, but like one-on-one defense. Kobe was a menace, right? I'm just saying. Just, just saying. Mm-hmm. I, I think I agree. Steph having this conversation fair. is fair. I think two, three years ago, having this conversation was blasphemous. But I think having the fact that we can even have this conversation is a good one. Number two, as we hand out your L, Ian, we are definitely cutting that clip and putting it in the Instagram post that you called out Steph to be better than Kobe just to watch the world burn. I, I just want you to understand that. I, I, and by the way, I'm okay with that, right? Like if it wasn't for Jokic last year having an all-time great big oh, man season. Was by the MVP. Way, and by the way, doing it again. Correct. He's yeah. the MVP last year and he could be doing it again. We are what we are talking about, we are talking about like the we're talking about the absolute cream of the NBA crop. We are talking about Mike. We are talking about Kareem. We're talking about LeBron. We're talking about Russell talking about Duncan and we are talking about magic, right? And then we're going to be talking about Bird. Hakeem. We're going to be having, right? We're going to be having that discussion. Yes. If yes. we aren't already. Yeah, I don't think he's broken into that top seven, but I think he's definitely eight in to that, ten in that eight to whatever range. We're not going to do that. So we talked to MVP. I, this was actually one of my topics that I was going to bring up later. But Steph Curry is the leader in the clubhouse right now for MVP, rightfully so, at plus two fifty. Kevin Durant is plus 500. Giannis mm. is plus 800. Luka plus 900. Jokic 12 to 1. And B20. There's your to best one. bet. Butley 20 to 1. Paul George 25 to 1. Mm-mm. Spicy. Of those, 
I, I'm not not necessarily Rob. Who would you pick? But is there any value in any of those players that I threw out, considering we're only 12, 15 games into the season? I didn't think Jokic's number was bad. I'd throw some money at Durant. Like the Nets are like a hot streak away and a Kyrie Irving quote away from the narrative getting really fun. Like all it takes is they win 12 games and Kyrie says something like, yeah, I'm done with basketball. And since the earth is flat, my blood is a little bit thinner than yours. And that's why I can't get the vaccine. And the narrative is gold. Well, did you hear Stephen A. Smith today? He went nuts. I did not hear Stephen A. Oh, he went nuts. It was great. It's a must listen. Um, it, it was just, uh, we can't play it. Obviously, we don't have the rights, but it it was it was gold. I, I don't think Paul George will ever win. Just he has too many people who just bash on him, but he has been fantastic. And so 25 to 1 is a nice sprinkle. He was somebody yep. I looked at uh, in the preseason just because Kawhi's out. But like, what made what Jokic did so special is going into most seasons, you have an idea of the guys that are legitimate MVP candidates in basketball. And for somebody to sort of jump into that and run away with it, how Jokic did, is kind of rare. And I don't think Paul George can do that. I don't think he can either. But there is one guy who, who can and has, and that's Giannis. And at eight to one, I know they're not winning. And I know that you're going to get the fatigue, but man, he is balling this year. Ian, who are you sprinkling on? It's a four player race, right? It's Jokic, Giannis, it's Durant, it's Curry. Those are the four best players in the league. If, you know, when it, if we come back to this 30 years from now, we are going to remember the 2021 2022 season as the Jokic, Durant, Curry, Giannis year. That's just what we are. The, the best number on the board is Nikola Jokic because there's only one player in the league right now who could possibly be pay, playing better than Stephen Curry, and that's Nikola Jokic, right? Doesn't have his running mate. And, it, and it, you know, and Michael Porter Jr. is out. It just doesn't, it, Will Barton's out. It just doesn't matter. Right. Like what we're talking about with Jokic, and I don't think we'll get that same fatigue is because how he plays is so uplifting and different. I think the reason we got the Giannis fatigue is because it was just like brute strength. The same thing that happened to Giannis, same thing that happened to Shaq. And I think at 12 to one, Jokic could easily win back to back. And by the way, Jokic is already the best big man, big man since Shaq. We're talking about guys that are making making moves in that discussion he's making serious serious moves not of the top 10 or top or top 15 or anything like that but another mvp we're starting to have some interesting chats about nikola jokic 26 14 and 6 is that's what he's 12 to 1 right is 12 to 1 at that is a joke he that's it's laughable so he's slightly down in points from last year two assists per game less but obviously the guy who hits the most shots on his team isn't there to receive. Yeah, who's it. he passing to? Right, right. Um, so I like Jokic at twelve to one. I, again, I just wanted to shout out Giannis. He's been literally without his entire team and has has been doing well. But can we get back to hold that L? Do you mind? Because I, I have a big one that I want to throw, and it's a boomerang directly back at myself. And it's the San Antonio Spurs, who I said it was the over. They're four and ten. I did take the under on 0.5 more years to Greg Popovich's playing, so I'm holding on to that. So I'm throwing an L back at myself on the Spurs. 
But I'm not going to talk about that because nobody cares. They're the San Antonio Spurs, with all due respect. And it, the new age San Antonio Spurs, they're, they're blah. I didn't go in hard enough on the Lakers thing. I took the over. They're eight and seven. I spent the entire time talking about Westbrook. This isn't going to work, but it should help for the regular season. I don't know if it's going to work for the playoffs. But, you know, there's still this team. What do we have here? We had for the, the Lakers, it, the over was 51 and a half. Ian, you got to hold a little bit of this L2 right now, but the only person to go under was Rob Shaw. So Rob, why am I holding this L right now? I, I was skeptical of this experiment. And Russ has been god-awful. But you're really holding this L because LeBron James is out right now. Like, they they would just be three or four games better if he was healthy. Um, Anthony Davis has proved to be, like, an all-world talent, but a sidekick. Like, and when he's your supposed to be your best guy, there's a very clear uh, ceiling. And then I, without LeBron, I just don't know that Russ understands, you know, that's probably, Anthony Davis is supposed to be our alpha right now. He doesn't understand that with LeBron. We talk about that a lot too. Honestly, honestly, it's, he's just not very good, right? Like he's just not a very good basketball player. And, you know, I I have to watch a lot of the Lakers because of um, work-related stuff. But I watched Lakers and Bulls. And I'm sitting there and I'm having the discussion with myself, gun to my head and salary aside. Let's say salary was equal. Would I rather have Russell Westbrook or Alex Caruso? And the, the answer is Caruso. And where are we? We, we, traded, we traded three rotation players, well, two and a half, depending on how you feel about Harold and a first rounder for this. And look, I understand I'm not Zach Lowe, but it's pretty freaking clear, right? Alex Caruso is a winning winning player, makes winning plays. What him and Lonzo were doing in Chicago was great. That is a guy that helps my team win basketball games and potentially even win a championship. Not that I think Chicago's going to win the championship. I just don't think Russ is very good. And and while we're on the Lakers, because uh, I have to take that, I have to hold that L2. Can Anthony Davis stop taking 25 footers? <laughs> what a, who, who can genuinely guard Anthony Davis? What, how many big men are there on the Giannis, planet? One. Five? Giannis. No, I'd say Bam. No, we've had this argument stop. But no, but you understand what I'm saying, right? It's a very small list. Yes. Why are we taking 25 footers? He's I, I can't. Protecting his body, like, almost at all times. It's like a running back who's been hit too many times. He's like, "Ah, I'm actually not hitting the hole. Um, Throw the screen pass. We get to the edge. Throw the check down. (laughs) Well, let's get to Ian Zell. And was it the Lakers? That isn't yours. I'm not having you hold that one. I'm having you hold two smaller L's. The first thing was about the Memphis Grizzlies, where you said, and I quote, how is Memphis going to score? It's not like Ja Morant is going to average 30. Ja Morant is out here 
just chucking L's all over the place. Ian, do you have any comments on Memphis before I get to your baby L and we can get to the greater NBA at large? Well, I do think it matters that, yes, John Morant is all world. And by the way, must see TV is amazing. But after we all started, you know, going crazy when they beat Denver back to back and we're five and three, um, they're seven and seven now. So you're just holding it. Just okay. Holding it for the comment. You're just holding okay. it for the comment. By, by the way, uh, like I'll hold it. I still don't believe. And, and I think Minnesota, I think um, Memphis is going to have a scoring problem. I think you're going to see that if anyone gets hurt. And it's not like John Moran or Jaron Jackson Jr. have been, you know, models of health in their careers. So I, I'm okay with that one. I, I think if I think if we're holding L's, it has to be Chicago. Like that's the one. Like they are so good and they are so fun and they make sense and they work and their guys fit. Like, I, I just missed it. I completely missed it with them. Well, the last one that I will say is Oklahoma City. You made fun of me, and I'm right. Oklahoma City's going over. Yeah, they've won a few games recently. They've won a few games recently, but they started because off Shea so horrifically. Is, Shea is out of control. And Dort, too. Dort, and Giddy. Mm-hmm. It's been really yeah, good. Giddy's fun. But we're going to get to them look, after. We're talking about, though, the only reason we're even having this discussion is because Oklahoma City kept playing the fucking Lakers and winning every day, every time <laughs> yeah, that they played beat them. them twice. So like, yeah. stop playing the Lakers, and, and we won't have this problem. They were one in six, right? Like, relax. the The downturn turn is coming. The downturn is coming. Well, I'm gonna let's before we uh, shift. I know I tore you guys down. Here, let me pick you back up, Rob. Take that W, baby. Zion being fat and getting hurt. You had it. Just right there. You had it. It sucks. Oh, we don't want to say it. It's, it sucks for basketball. But you got to take that W when you get it. He's just, it's just that Southern cooking. No, but <laughs> the, the jokes aside, he has, he has a body type that is going to put on weight easily. And even when he was like at his peak, he always looked like he was carrying extra weight. Like he's just a big dude in your body. There's a, there's a list of people that like when we watch them in sports, particularly basketball, you see them do certain things athletically, and this line comes up. Oh, people that big shouldn't move that fast or shouldn't be Charles that Barkley, ex- Barkley, Shaq, um, mm-hmm. Zion, Hakeem. Honestly, no, no, yeah, but like there's a ve- it's, but like Zion is showing you why. Like when those bodies aren't taken care of to like the highest utmost responsibility. LeBron is another example. Like that's sure. what happens. Those bodies are different. They're not built like ours, but if it, anything goes wrong in that system, it's still a human body. Like that much torque and that much explosiveness. Well, and we're not talking about a guy this big who has a torn ro- rotator cuff or issues with his with his elbows. This is like feet, knees, and ankles. That ain't gonna age well. That ain't going no, to ask and, Greg and Oden. The, the reason why guys like the reason why guys like Brandon Ingram and Kevin Durant, like why, you know, we see Kevin Durant right now. And I, I've never seen a forward score like this. I, I've never seen it my entire life. He's 
the best score I've ever seen. Kobe stands come get me. It's not close. It's not close. They played one-on-one Durant would win 11 to nothing. And you know, he comes, comes back from You're Achilles. really going to come at you for that. <laughs> that one, I might you know, that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like, I love Kobe and the, the whole story of the past two years has been gutting, but like, am I wrong? Durant's seven feet, seven feet. And he's able to come back But my point is he's able to come back on an Achilles because what Rob is talking about, you know, he is, yes, he's tall, but he, he doesn't have the weight issue he's as malleable. well. He's flexible. He's right. Lean. Where that would be a yeah. problem. Right. Being lean is helping. Definitely. So, um, they're bad though. Oh man. They're so bad. They are so bad. Okay. They're the worst team in the league. It's not close. Ooh. Houston. I was just going to give us all, I was going to give us all knots. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rob. It has young talent at least. And as sauce as the pod God would say. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, Houston is fun to watch. Yeah. Kevin Porter Jr. is just, that kid is a joy. Like, if he stops doing dickhead shit, the sky's the limit. Mm hmm. So we all, we all we all had Houston as an under. We all had New Orleans. Ian was emphatic with a lock on the under on that one. He's a genius for it. They suck. So, and we all had Minnesota, and that was my lock under, which is also not coming through great here. But we will reevaluate these later on in the season. I wanted to call out a few quick ones. That's hold, hold that L. Let's get to some greater NBA topics. And <clears throat> I want to start with some surprising starts. We've touched on it. But Rob, the Washington Wizards are in first place in the East and are 10 and 3. We saw them in the first game against the Raptors. One of the losses, actually, the Raptors handled them as well. And they look pretty good. So uh, what do we make of the Wizards? Can I still not buy it? Of course. Like, I, I'm of just, course. Like I've seen them and they're good. And I, maybe it's not that I don't buy it. I just don't understand it. I have been a notable Kyle Kuzma hater. Like, I just thought he was the most overrated player in the league for a long time. And I felt like a lot of that was just that he was with the Lakers. Um, I might be a little lower on Bradley Beal than most. Uh, to me, Bradley Beal is the same kind of player as Devin Booker, Zach Levine, and Donovan Mitchell. Like, that's all one group. And I yeah, think he's, he's the worst one of that group. I think the national media would strongly disagree with us. I think they would, I think they would say he's the best player in that group. They're not watching Donovan Mitchell play. I think they would say, I think they would rank it be him, Mitchell book Levine. And I have book one in that group. I think he's the best one of the group. Well, I'm a the I'm other a three player. Levine. I'm, the, not, the I'm not, a three Levine guy. not a Levine guy, but anyways, the, I think the one thing on Washington, why I, I can sort of see it, right, is like when you add three quality veterans to a rotation, a regular season rotation, that right. matters, right? Like that matters. You know, you look at the Raptors, they, you know, when they won, what did they win? 58 games or whatever the hell they won, uh, 2016. Um, whenever DeMar's last year was, 2017. Yeah, 2017. I can't remember. Anyway, you know, that team, you know, we, we called them the bench mob, right? We had five guys off the bench. You could do hockey style changes and there was no drop off, right? I think with Washington, when you had three high quality veteran rotation players to a rotation that was as shit as theirs, they're going to rack up regular season wins because they go, 
you know, they don't even have Rui yet, right? But you're talking about, you know, Beal, Dinwiddie, Bertans. I'm not a Bertans fan. Caldwell Pope, Kuzma, Harrell, that's six. Bryant is seven. Denny Abja, he's okay. Aaron right? Holiday. Aaron Holiday, who I love. Corey Kispert, he looks all right. Raul Nato, like, you know, uh, Daniel Gafford, like those are, you know, we're naming NBA rotation players. And in, in, in the regular season, like that works. Yes. But what we're going to see is when it gets to April, if they're at the top of the standings, the person who's in six isn't going to be worried. I agree with you 100%. That's what it is. And they're currently down 10 to Charlotte. So that's kind of who this team is, right? I think that they are still, even though the first in the East right now, would you guys agree with me in saying that they're border, like top of the top of the line play-in team? Because that's the way that I feel about them. Be like, what, what's playing? What is it? Seven through through ten? Yeah, like there's a chance that we talk again at the All Star break, and they've legitimately come back down to earth. And yeah, they're like fifteen and twelve. Yeah, uh, you I'd know? much rather be the Bulls than them. Oh, like that's well, that's, that's how I, the best way I can say it. I'd much rather be the Bulls. The opposite. But if they finish fifth, like, are we are we surprised? I would be. Like, I like you know, their team. Sorry, I think they're sorry, good. I shouldn't say that. Are we surprised based on where they are now? So obviously no. not preseason because we never could have guessed that they'd be 10 and three and leading the Eastern Conference. But if they finished fifth, would we be like, oh, I can't believe they stayed that high? Because when you think about it, I think the teams that are undoubtedly real in the East are Miami, Brooklyn, and Chicago. Those teams are undoubtedly real to me. Milwaukee. One healthy Milwaukee. Six and eight. But I, I agree, but they're six and eight. So where does that fit in the seating? So it, let's say we bump Milwaukee up and that's the top four. After that, but it's between Philly, Boston, Toronto, Charlotte, and New York. I could see Washington being the best of those teams. Well, and you missed one. And that's the next surprise. Oof. Rob Shaw, the Atlanta Hawks are six Oof. and nine. Nice. What the hell is going on here? I, I don't know. They have so much talent and they... They should have been riding a natural high, but maybe they maybe they knew what we knew that like they had a lot of good breaks last year. But that's sports. I figured that they would come in on fire and they just they haven't had it and they haven't things haven't looked right. Like Trey hasn't been great. Um my boy John Collins got the bag and has been super active though. <laughs> they have too many guys. They have too many guys and this, and you know, last year, last year didn't necessarily matter because, you know, they still had those two young guys, those young wings and reddish and Hunter who like are still young enough that you can just be like, Hey, maybe you're not ready. You know, and then reddish got hurt. So that, you know, that sort of makes it, you know, makes it a little smoother of a fit, but they, they, they just have too many guys, right? Like Collins, Gallo, Bogdan, Capella, DeLon Wright, Trey Young, Hunter, Okongwu, who's been hurt, Lou Williams, Ken Reddish, Kevin Herter, Gorgie Deng, Solomon Hill. Like, look how many guys there are. Those are all NBA rotation players. You know, Solomon Hill's back end. But Okay, good. I was just about to tell you, I think he sucks. He's back end, right? If he's your 12th man, are you, you're, you're well, probably but that's okay. not 12th man's not a rotation player, but okay. Sean, he's, he's like their 15th best player here. Right. There's too many guys. And right. I, the, the other problem is, is that when Trey Young 
when Trey Young comes out, the offense craters. And that that is a Lou Williams is running the offense problem. Lou Williams is, is he's out of the league, man. It's over. They need to be finding ways in those minutes to empower their other players. Those should be Bogdan heavy minutes. Let's see Bogdan and Young separate. They don't have to be glued together all the time. Let's see Bogdan minutes. Let's see Herter and Reddish sort of initiate the offense. I, I think that needs to be the change. Lou will minutes need to go, and they need to find a way to package some of these guys. Well, and they can. And that's kind of my argument is that they had too many guys last year. Now, who knows? They started terribly at the beginning of last year, too. They made a coaching change. All of a sudden, things turned around. Maybe they're just slow starters. Who knows? This is a really good Ben Simmons team. Yeah. yeah What's the I, package? It would have to be DeAndre Hunter. You'd have okay. To I don't th- we agree that he needs th- to be the centerpiece of the deal. Yes. I agree he needs to be the centerpiece, but I think Atlanta probably has a full stop there, and they make it reddish, harder. Yeah, Daryl's hanging up. Oh, Don? I'm sure he is. He, and he can hang up all he wants, but I'd rather have that collection of players. But, I mean, how that works out is for people that make a whole lot more money than me to decide. I'm saying Atlanta has the goods, and if they part with Hunter, fine. Atlanta has the goods, and he fits there. Yeah, and I think that that's why I wouldn't be too miffed about giving up Hunter is – kind of what he does best for this team, Simmons is going to bring to that table. And he doesn't need to be the first, the the guy scoring the basketball. And now Hunter's undoubtedly a better floor spacer than Simmons as he's not exponentially better. It's not like he's Steph Curry, but he is better at that. The problem with me with the Hawks, I'm not sure if I mentioned this already yet, but I actually, I know I did. They had this problem last year. They had too many guys last year, but it worked out because they're, when they got into the playoffs and it was the best eight, their best eight was better than, you know, their eighth best player was better than most eighth best players. So they weren't getting hurt a lot. And Trey Young went to an absolutely another level when it comes to a mentality of, yeah, I'm going to go out and rip your heart out every single night. Trey Young's still getting his points. He's still at 25 and a half points per game. Bogdan is the guy who's killing him. 12 points per game in 30 minutes. Like you can't have that. So even if you're saying, let's switch this over, I still think that they're going to turn it around. They have too much talent not to. <clears throat> they, a couple injuries here and there, they actually can protect themselves. So the long haul of an 82-game season, I really do think that they're in a good position. They blatantly have too many guys. Like Let's, let's just be honest with ourselves. Hunt, to Ian's look, point. H- Hunter, Okongwu, Herter, and the DeLon Wright expiring, all the best. Call it into the league. They don't get a better offer than that. Period. End of story. No, not right now. Not right now. But yeah, I don't want that to offer doesn't into, exist. I don't want to turn this into a Ben Simmons thing. We got to wait till the 15th of December when all the all the contracts get opened up and then then we can have Rob Shaw back on and we can talk about Ben Simmons' location. So I was going to talk to Chicago Bulls because they were also surprised, but we already kind of discussed them. So let's quickly get to this one. The LA Clippers are nine and five. And I know that you guys poo-pooed the Paul George MVP scenario. I agree. I don't think he will win. He needs to be mentioned though. Dude is balling. Dude is balling. So Rob, what do you see with the Clippers? And actually, before we get to that, who would you take in a fight? The Jokic brothers or the Morris brothers? The Jokic brothers. It's I think not it's not even close. <laughs> it's not even a real discussion. They lived through a fucking war. What are we talking about? Yes. Like a, a genuine war. The youngest brother 
the like our basketball league MVP. It's also the smallest brother. Are you shitting me? Did you see what Morris did after Jokic gave him a little nudge in the back? He looked like somebody like they assassinated Kennedy for God's sakes. Like he laid there and sprawled out and then he cried for a little bit and then he He's stood up and then he laid back down. And I like chippy players and I happen to like the Morris twins, but you can't be the I'm giving it up super physical all the time. And then when somebody finally like pulls your card and says, look, I don't play like that. You can't die in the middle of the floor. You just and can't. And I'm not saying the Morris brothers aren't tough. You hear I listen to a lot of NBA podcasts. I'm sure we, we all do. Consensus is that these guys, you know, they like to they walk the walk as well. With that said. Have you seen Nicola's brothers? There's they're out of a, an insane asylum. They are crazy. They are crazy. Well, who did he who did he they created a Twitter account with no profile picture, like psychos, <laughs> just just to talk to these these dudes. And yes, the Morris pr- twins can be NBA tough. Fine. You're NBA tough. You did these, it. These, you these did guys it. are real. These guys life are tough. real life tough. And look may I remind you, they fucking lived. Through a war. A war. What are we talking about? But the thing is, like, Jokic, the league MVP, has shown you he has a nasty mean streak. He does. When they were getting clapped by uh, Phoenix last year in the playoffs, who did he lay out? Was it campaign? And that's when him and his brothers went nuts. Yes. But he laid somebody. He's shown you that he has a mean streak. And this is a guy that is a millionaire in one of the faces of a billion-dollar company. What do you think his two brothers that don't have shit to lose are about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, to be fair, if you're if you're gonna prove your worth, maybe don't don't, don't go after campaign when you're picking a fight. No, in, I'm in just the saying, like, what do you think the two that don't have anything to lose are about? Oh, without question. Yeah. And by the way, one of them is an MMA fighter. For the record, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. It's all the you, best with that. The, the Morris, the Morris, twins. <laughs> the Morris twins might have to like recruit James Johnson or something. For, to oh, have the Morris even, twins like, need to send flowers to Nicola and say, "Yo, look." <laughs> It was a misunderstanding. I don't even mean it like that. Yeah, you know what? I don't even want to talk about the Clippers anymore. They're fine. They're nine and five. This was way better. Um, let's talk rookies. Actually, let's talk the favorite in the East. Right now, I'm looking forward to getting both of your opinions on who is the favorite in the Eastern Conference. Because, I mean, we all agree it's not the Wizards. Who is the favorite? It's still the Nets, but man, are the Heat making a case? Favorite to win as the one seed or favorite to go to the championship? I want to hear both because I, I was thinking that as well. I want to hear who you think is going to is going to have the number one seed, and then I want to th- hear what you think about the playoffs. I still think the Nets are the team to beat, but man, Miami being one at the end of the season, they're just gritty. They have a lot of basketball players. But the difference between a team like them and the Hawks is Riley and Spoh's culture is, look, when you walk in here, there's not going to be any confusion. You're not going to think you're the third option and you're really the sixth option. We're just going to tell you you're the sixth option. And it works. That's sort of what's happening in Golden State. Like Andrew Wiggins was able to fall into his place because their culture is so strong. And I know that's a word that gets thrown around quite frequently in sports, but like when you watch a team like the Heat, 
it matters. Like when they say, oh, so-and-so is a heat guy, Kyle Lowry fit in seamlessly Mm -hmm. because of who he is as a player. And he fits that kind of basketball. Jimmy Butler brought him in because he was like, this is my guy. And I know he can, he can walk the walk down here. I think he, in like, like it was, they beat the box. I think the box were missing Drew Holiday or something, but I think Kyle Lowry had like four points and was like a plus 28 or something. He's like, oh, that's Kyle. This is what we're talking about, where yeah. everyone, everyone's hearing Raptors Twitter go nuts about Kyle Lowry for, you know, eight years. And they're, all they look at this is the box score. It's not if you're watching basketball, you'll, you'll, you'll find out, Hey, that dude's really, that dude's really good. So you have the nets to be the one seed, but you think the heat are coming in the playoffs or do you have it? The opposite? No, no, no. Reversed. Okay. Reversed. All right. All right. Ian, what about you? I think it's still got to be Brooklyn for both. I, I think the concern is the concern is, is that if you're Miami, you got some older dogs in that room. You have to think at some point they're going to be taking some time off. That's why people had them as a four five at, seed as it is maybe they settle in as a two or a three that's just where i think they go i I think brooklyn has got to be the favorite all the way around and look like like jimmy butler jimmy butler needs his flowers that is a top 10 player that is a top 10 player he is having a fantastic season you keep throwing out takes and rob keeps wanting to jump in is he a top 10 player rob jimmy butler is Hey, like, I don't know. I don't play 2K anymore, but Jimmy Butler is a legitimate my player. Like, we're talking about, like, this is a story that a video game couldn't make up. Uh, dude was homeless, went Juco. Then he made it D1. Um, he was the last pick of the first round. Um, he was a fringe rotation player. He's a starter. He's an all-star. He's a max player. He's toe-to-toe with LeBron. Like, He's a he's a sports movie for God's sakes. I like that. He's a my player when you didn't spend any money on upgrades. You just took your time and and just took all your lumps and and made it happen. I like that. Uh, he is a sports movie, and I would love to see. I would love to see the, the twenty five minutes of the movie when he's in Minnesota. I would love to oh, see oh, that's that. The best part. part. <laughs> I would love to see that Who's part of the movie. Playing cat. Who's playing cat? Ooh, who's playing cat? Fuck that. Who's playing who's playing Wiggins? It, would it be like a 20-year-old Idris Elba? Like who's playing cat? That's a great point. No, Idris Elba is way too tough to play cat. Um we're getting sidetracked. We're getting sidetracked. Although, please write into uh at Shaw's Law Podcast to let him know what you think and who should play Carl Anthony Towns in the Jimmy Butler movie. Did I get the Twitter handle right? You're yeah. at the podcast, right? Yeah. All right. Beautiful. W- w- one last, one last trade take before we go. Oh, I can't even say who I think Grip is going to win. I, I forgot. In NBA, in NBA podcast, I just host and don't say anything. No, no, no. You guys just get to talk the entire time. I uh, forgot that that's how this goes. My new favorite trade. Dan, <laughs> you can finish. My new favorite trade. Carl Anthony Towns to Golden State. Give me that. Is this a Wiggins joke? is the money, and Minnesota ain't taking that back. Is what do you mean? Is this a joke? Oh, you can find a third team for that. No, no, no. Is this like a, a reoccurring joke on the podcast? We talk about yeah, this we talk, every we, time. We you've get talked together. about this three times on this podcast. Every time we get together, we talk about it. I thought uh, it was a bit. <laughs> I thought. Uh, no. Okay. I, but I, it it needs. Small. No. Every time. Every time that we have an NBA podcast, it needs to be mentioned. Because if okay, I put just, quite fine. literally the, the greatest shooting big man ever on that team. Come on, man. Does Jordan Poole have to go in the deal? No. no. Kuminga, Moody. Wiseman, 
all oh, my all picks. of them all of oh, them all my <laughs> picks i don't like kaminga i've always been lower on wise man moody's cool but like if that's what we have to give up send carl over it'd, it'd be all a lot my picks more than that. be a lot more than that also another recurring bit rob shaw doesn't like Kaminga or James Wiseman. If you if you've heard it before, he said it. By the way, I like the Brooklyn Nets to be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference because they have Kevin Durant playing like Kevin Durant and James Harden playing like me. So if they're ten and five with that, then when James Harden actually gets into shape, it'll it'll look out. I like the Bucks to come out of the East again this year. That's a reoccurring theme too. James Harden not being in shape. Yes, it is. Uh, Finally, before we get to football, let's get to the rookies. And Rob, we look forward to your to your takes on this because we do know that you 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 love watching college. You like having having opinions on the rookies as they come in. So let's go. Give us three that you've been excited about and a couple that you've been. What the hell's going on? In my wildest dreams, I didn't think Evan Mobley would be this good this fast. Oh, he's so good. I don't even know if I thought he'd ever be this good. Like I, I wasn't low on him, but his ability to move in space. Um, he's always had a good looking jump shot. Like it just, it looks like young Chris Bosch. He's, he's so good. Exactly and, who I see. It's a great comp. Isn't that what you see? Like from that's a the body comp. type. Yeah. And, but like third, year mal- mal- not rookie malleability Bosch. though, but he has, but he has veteran Bosch's malleability. Where he's able to just fill the gaps, whatever they are. He like like sort of like Miami Bosch. Like, hey, yes. LeBron is out tonight. I know I might need to score twenty five plus. Okay, LeBron and Wade are here. I'm gonna play stellar defense, space the floor, and rebound my pass. Tail. Right. No, that that kid is poised beyond his years. No, he's special. He's special. Give us another name. I think uh, what uh, Josh Giddy has been incredibly fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think fun's the, a great word for him. I catch myself watching more Oklahoma City games than I want to because I, the Lakers are on national television in every game. <clears throat> he He's an adventure. He does a lot of good. He's got some warts. He's a rookie. But he's Wait, fun. Can I he's something big. you just said? Yes. Adam Silver, I know you listen. <laughs> Grab a pen and a paper and your phone. I need you to pay very close attention. I need you to call Roger Goodell. He's the NFL commissioner. You two goofballs, put your heads together. And I need you to ask him how to flex national TV games. I'm sick of watching the Lakers without LeBron James. The NFL, I know there's some logistical things that makes it easier for the NFL to flex a national TV game. But, dog, if LeBron's not playing and it's supposed to be Minnesota's one national TV game and it's Lakers, Wolves, and Bron's not playing, flex that sucker out. Nobody wants to watch it. Like, Adam Silver, I'm begging you, learn to flex national TV games. I don't know why this bothers me. I pay for League Pass. I have League Pass, so I can watch what I want. But sometimes – I just want to turn to ESPN. I want to hear Doris Burke. Maybe I want to hear um, one of the Van Gundys. But I just don't want to watch. Like, just flex out poopy games. Like, I know you make the schedule. If the game sucks, 
put another one on. Like there's red eye flights. You can get the crew there. I That's love it. my hill. And I would like to die on it. I love it. Come on, Adam. Flex some fucking games. Before we get to your third rookie that you've been impressed by, Ian. Is your mic on? Are you ready? You got a drink in hand? You ready to go? Because the floor is yours. Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes is everything you want a rookie to be. Right? Like, he fits into your culture. He makes winning basketball plays. He doesn't care about statistics. He brings the right energy. He cheers on his teammates even when he's not playing well. And he gives a shit. Put away the 17 points a game and the near unstoppable mid-range jumper and the relentless offensive rebounding. It should, he, he's exactly what you want for a winning team. That is a winning player. And I don't know what the ceiling is, but I know we always say sky is the limit, but this is actually true. I have no idea what he could become, right? And, I, and I've said this before, and if you guys kill me for this, whatever. I'm not comparing him to this player. This player is one of the 15 greatest players of all time and just, just put on the greatest finals performance of all time. I am not saying that Scotty Barnes is Giannis. I'm not saying that. But the way that he's able to get to places and reach things and put things back and have that weird knack around the rim, and obviously those you know unbelievable strides, the way he's able to do all that stuff is very Giannis-like. Now, is he going to turn into you know the 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 single biggest defensive right. dy- dynamo? And, and, and again, the person who sh- just shacked the NBA Finals. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I see pieces, just like I see Bosch and Mobley. I see a ton, a ton of Giannis in Barnes. And you can't tell me that their mindsets are different. Those are two dudes that just want to make their teammates better and work their tails off. Go ahead, Robin. So, Scotty Barnes has been who I thought OG Ananobi was going to grow up to be. Like, that's who I, like, when Scotty Barnes is doing Scotty Barnes things, I'm like, that's who I thought OG was going to be when I made him my most improved player pick going into last season. And I'm not off OG Island. I just think, I just think the Raptors draft great. It's super funny that you say that about um, Giannis and Barnes because we all know how Masai felt about Giannis. Absolutely. Scotty Barnes has been Scotty Barnes's 17 points are probably not probably are a lot more real than whatever Jalen Green is doing because there is a a want to win in uh Toronto. They want to win. This is a competitive team. This is a team that intends to make the playoffs. So it's not empty stats from a rookie. It's 17 contributing points on a team that was missing its best player for the first week and a half or two weeks of the season. 
And and you can always tell a player's impact based on what happens when they leave the lineup, right? And Barnes was hurt for a couple games, and you could see the difference. And for a guy at 20, that just doesn't happen unless you are an elite-level prospect. And look, like I was livid on draft night. I I saw Suggs as a the heir to Kyle Lowry. Heir apparent. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. Yep. And I, I was just wrong. You know what you want out of a rookie? It's a one that's going to be good. You want him to have a thing. A thing that contributes to winning into his overall basketball game. You want him to have a th- in, in different areas of the game as well. So with Scotty Barnes. He has a thing on defense, which is when he's an on-ball defender and a help defender, he's very good. He's very good. He's long, he's athletic, he can move. As an off-ball defender, he gets lost sometimes, but he's a kid. But he has those two components. That matters. That's something. On offense, he already has a go-to move. You get him six or seven feet away from the basket, it's not a sky hook. It's not a floater. He just reaches that long arm up there and throws it in the basket. It is, it's unstoppable unless you put an absolute monster on him. And even when you do and he gets into that spot, his other thing is his vision and his passing. So he has the ability where he goes, oh, Giannis is on me. I can't make that move. Let me, let me hit Gary Trent in the corner. Talk about balling. Gary Trent Jr. is balling. Third in, de- in defensive player of the year. Just, an- right now. just another, <laughs> just another, uh, just another feather in the cap for Masai. Norm Powell for Gary Trent. Sounds good to me. Hey, he's got warts uh, with Scotty, and but every rookie does. No one, even LeBron. Every rookie has warts, but he has things that he that you look at and go, there isn't something you can scheme away from that which means it's going to stick with him for a long time. And I'm excited about that. Uh, I, it's, there's, there's, a, there's a certain knack. There's a knack and a, and a... The reason it doesn't seem like it's going to go away is because of... There's just a certain rhythm and flow to the way that he gets his points and the way that he does things that it, it just feels so natural. So I don't look at it like when's it, when are the wheels going to fall off? Like, yeah, sure. The scoring's probably going to drop, but it not by much because it, it's just very natural for him. Yeah. You think, I don't think he's, I think he was averaging 18, 19 at one point. I don't think that's who he is right now, but I think if he finishes the year around 14 points a game, you know, he's going to be around eight rebounds around four or five assists. With plus defense, incredible. So I've been proven wrong. Ian's been proven wrong. And I've seen enough to go, this isn't just a flash in the pan. And they did the thing that they did with Siakam when Siakam was drafted. They put him in the starting lineup. Siakam couldn't handle it. He he was too raw. Now, again, Siakam was a 27th overall pick versus Scotty Barnes, who's a fourth overall pick. But... They did it. They threw him into the fire. And he's handling it really, really well. And by the way, love Delano Banton too. 
when you asked us on your podcast about who is going to f- jump off the screen and Ian mentioned OG and I had said, you know, Malachi Flynn and Utah. Well, neither of them have played. So, uh, so far I'm taking the L on that. He, they're in Goran Dragic Island right now where they're just not playing basketball. Delano Banton. Oh my God. But let's do this quickly before we get to, <clears throat> we have two quick Wait, things. Wait, one, one rookie. One rookie because we no, have no, to no. get to the last piece. No, I have. Uh, it's a rookie. Why? With the Orlando Magic. Rob, Franz Wagner is better than Jalen Suggs right now. And Franz Wagner is just good. He's better than a lot of people. And I know everyone said said this, but the Golden State Warriors could have just had LaMelo Ball and Franz Wagner. Now, that's not the way life works. You make one decision, one choice. The entire course of your entire history has changed after that. So I don't like going back and thinking about that. But let's look at Franz Wagner versus Jalen Suggs. Franz has been Suggs has been... And I thought Suggs was going to have a tough time because there's a lot of guards there. But you know what his real issue has been? Can I guess? Cole Anthony. Yes, was, that's what I was going to say. Cole Anthony saw them draft him. And Cole Anthony did the, oh, y'all got me messed up. He's been so good and he's just asserted himself. And he he's somebody I wasn't super high on coming out of even high school. He was like very highly rated. McDonald's All-American, went to UNC, and I thought he was good, but there were things about his game that I wasn't in love with. Serious Monte Ellis vibes. And he's just been so good. He, he's He's got to be on the short list for most improved player right now. Ian, do you have another record you want to bring up before we get to uh, my last thing? It was it was Franz. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I, I, just love, I just love that, dude. Um. Not an elite ball handler, and that has been a um, knock for me since uh, Gonzaga. I want to say maybe the, the the Baylor championship game really showed me that he's a good basketball player, but he's probably not a lead guard. He's just not that kind of. When Gonzaga was getting their heads kicked in by Baylor, and it was, "Hey, Jalen Suggs, we need you to create." Um, there wasn't a lot he could do and it wasn't just Davion Mitchell, like in the picture, like he's just not a, he's not a dancer and that might work for the magic because they have other ball handlers, but like that is a real thing that he's sort of in the drew holiday mold. This has been a really fun rookie class. It has. We haven't even mentioned all time. Great. We haven't mentioned K we haven't mentioned your guy, Jalen green, Chris Duarte. So let's really quick. Rookie of Kate's the year. Cade's going to be nice. I, I think he's going to be really good. Rookie of the year. Evan Mobley is a favorite. Plus 180. Our boy Scotty, plus 300. Cade, plus 500. Jalen Green, plus 600. There's no chance. Chris Duarte, 15 to 1. Giddy, 16 to 1. Wagner and Suggs are both 30 to 1. I know Mobley just got hurt, but is it still his award to lose? It feels that no, way. No, it's Cade's. You think Cade's going to win? They're so bad. Do you want to hold another L the next time you come on this podcast? They're so bad. And rookie of the year historically goes to whoever has the most when you add up rebounds, points, and assists. The Michael Carter-Williams effect, yes. Like, But it's always that. The only time it hasn't been that is when uh, they gave it to Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon winning it and Russell Westbrook's MVP are like the anomalies of right. those two awards. Cade's... Missed a lot of time. He's coming on slowly, but like the way he dictates 
dictates action. Like when he's out there, you feel his presence like, oh, this guy's setting up a shot here. Or he's sort of like a slow burn. Hey, he might have eight in the first half. And then by halftime or by the second half, it's damn, he had 16 and he really picked up his play. I think he's just going to have the counting stats. The reason that I think, and I don't think you're wrong. I think he's going to be, that he's going to have the stats there. The national media, international media at this point, has already picked up on Mobley and Barnes. I think that is going to have a tidal wave that comes. So if you're going to pick one, I'm going to take the guy that's not hurt, who's plus 300, and I would take Scotty Barnes. But if I'm taking a long shot, Duarte, probably. But really I, I, w- I, wouldn't put, I wouldn't put my hard-earned money on Duarte. I, I'd put it on Scotty Barnes. I'd, I'd throw a unit on, on the plus 300. Ian, you're going to pick Scotty. Yeah, I mean, I think Cade could be interesting. I mean, first of all, Cade is going to be super good. So anyone that's like, anyone that's backing off, give me all your stock because he's going to be good, right? I think, by the way, you know, in every draft, you're not going to nail the top five, right? Like for even in the Luka Doncic year, right? We went, um, sorry, we went Bagley. Right. We went Aiton, Bagley, Young, Jackson, Doncic. Like in some, I think it was Doncic, Jackson, Young. Yeah. You're not going to hit all five. So where's my Marvin bag? Is it sucks? I we don't we there's no way for us to possibly know. I would still buy but, on Bagley, by the way. I, I might be the only guy who's still holding stock on Marvin Bagley. You're right. I, you but, and his dad are the only two. Right. I, I didn't love him not checking into the game. That that was a tough clip to watch, but um, but listen, we put something special together. We only ever talk about basketball here. So we decided to talk tennis with Rob Shaw. No, I'm kidding. Where we decided to talk football with Rob Shaw this week. And we're going to try and fly through these because you've been generous with your time. So let's get to some NFL picks. I picked four games this week. I know I sent you five, but we're not going to talk about the Thursday night game because the Thursday night game is, it's it's not football. It's just not football. So Rob Shaw, welcome to the From the Stands picks. The first game, the Cincinnati Bengals are visiting the Oakland Raiders. Wow, I did it. Are visiting the Las Vegas Raiders. And the Raiders are favored by one at home. Pod God, who are you taking? Give me the Bengals. Taking the Bengals. Why? There's just so much goofball stuff happening with the Raiders. Like, maybe God does drop them a win for, like, good karma for not being in the news for something morally horrible this week. But, oh, my God. Good grief. Just give me the Bengals and plus one. Like, this is, it might as well be a pick em. It is. And, Ian, let's jump to you. Because we haven't talked football for three weeks. Because, I don't know if you know this, Rob, but my brother and I are in a very, very – serious and intricate dynasty league where you actually have to have all defensive players as well. It's, it's a full thing. Oh, you play individual defensive player. Yeah. So you have to have a defensive tackle, two defensive ends, three linebackers, two corners, two safeties. It's, it's wild. Ian had the, this league's been around for almost two decades. He had statistically the best team of all time in this pool. It had the most points ever. He lost Derrick Henry this year. And Dalvin Cook's not looking great to remain in the NFL at this point, although well, speculation, we're not, we're not touching that. 
So Ian didn't want to talk football because he's been, he's been, he's been sad. But Ian, we got to get your picks. You got the Bengals. Or you got the Raiders. It's tricky because Vegas always wins the games that they're not expected to, and then they play like the Jets, and they look worse than the Jets, right? Like that—that's just kind of the team they've been with with Derek Carr at quarterback. Um, Bengals are dealing with some injuries on defense, particularly at linebacker, um, but. I just think they may be good. I'm not sure what Vegas is. I have no idea. But I think that Cincinnati is good. Coming off a bye, who exactly is going to cover Jamar Chase? Do we know? Bad man. So no one is the answer. <laughs> what was that? So this is a bad I, man. I, that is me. It is. He, he's a bad boy. So uh, what? to me, uh, yeah, I like Cincy here. So... <sighs> Vegas has actually been really good this year. Mm -hmm. They've been good this year. And they've been derailed by the Gruden thing. They lost the game when Gruden was coaching. And then as soon as he was gone, they won. Then Henry Ruggs. Tragic, tragic story. It's a lot to deal with. But I thought I was going to be the only guy on the Bengals. I actually to agree with Ian. I think the Bengals are good. And if they're good, they have to win this game. Because if they don't, they're going to fall too far behind in the division. I also am taking the Bengals. And yet, I will say this, though. These teams, if you look at them, I looked at the advanced stats today. I looked at, Obviously, their record is the same. Looked at the advanced stats. Looked at the rushing, the passing. the def- These guys are like mirror images of each other, analytically. It's crazy. But I'm taking the Bengals. The Packers. That soft-serve ice cream, Aaron Rodgers, is visiting the Minnesota Vikings. Ian, who do you like in this game? The Vikings are getting two and a half points at home. Why is the spread so little? Is it because we're worried about Rodgers? I agree with you a thousand percent. The spread is too low, but I have a different reason for it. In the last three weeks, the Packers have given up Zero points to Russell Wilson, 13 points to, to Patrick Mahomes, and, and 21 points to Kyler Murray. They're going to manhandle Kirk Cousins. Like, that's about to happen. So the fact that this spread is so little, I don't totally see it. I, I do see, you know, maybe a little bit of, um, you know, Packers revenge game. I, and the, to, or, or Packer or Rogers sort of, you know, FU type game. I don't mind Minnesota, but no Danelli Hunter. I just don't know, right? I don't know. And this Green Bay defense has been really good, so I'm going to roll with Green Bay here. What do you think, Rob? Packers or Vikings? I'm on the bandwagon. I'm going with the Packers. And it's this wouldn't be a, this would be a week where I would not mind having Aaron Rodgers in fantasy. Ooh, good point. Right, like where it's like a. Jesus Christ, he's thrown three touchdowns by half. Yeah, if you were in our pool, you could have had him. Yeah, because he's a 60-point re-sign with a 400-point salary cap, and Ian was trying to offload him the entire year because he, he has Josh Allen and doesn't need him. So if you were in our pool, you could have had Aaron Rodgers. This would be the week to have him. I will say this. This one's difficult for me. We haven't talked football in a while. Aaron Rodgers was unequivocally my favorite football player I've ever seen play the game. I'm not saying he's the best football player ever, 
but he was my favorite football player. What he did those past two weeks, dick. It it literally it it's like never meet your idols. You know, it's one of those moments. It hurt. But let's get back to the game. Let's get back to the stats. Packers are nine and one against the spread this year. They are free money. But <laughs> every Vikings game I've picked this year, I've got it wrong. So I'll say this: I'm going to get this wrong, no matter what I'm doing. But the 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 hungry dog does run faster, and the Vikings need this game more. They're getting points at home, and to Ian's point, this line is crazy. It's too fishy. Why is it? It should be way more. It should be at least a field goal. Vegas knows something. Give me the points. Let's get to the next game. The Colts are visiting the Bills. The Bills are favored by seven and a half. I'll jump in first. That fucking half point. If it's seven, I'm literally running to my, you know, my online gambling account and I'm sure it's legal somewhere. So that's the state or province that I am in. If it's legal, I'm never betting on Carson Wentz. I know it's seven and a half. I'm sorry. I know the Bills just lost last uh, two weeks ago to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They did right nine six. Remind me in. It was nine. I know it was, the game was nine six, but I think the Bills lost two weeks ago. Right, two weeks ago. Yes, the Bills are first in DVOA. Also, speaking of DVOA, the Vikings are actually a better team by DVOA than the Packers, which is crazy. But there's a Jordan Love game mixed in there. I'm going to take the Bills. I can't, I can't take Carson Wentz. How, how, do they, how do the Colts win? Well, Who's their best player? Jonathan Taylor. Correct. Who's third best in rush yards against? Buffalo. So if they're giving up less than 90 yards a game, right? I think the only thing that would, uh, that would force me to pick Indianapolis here is that I don't trust the Bills at all. No. I have n- no. I have s- no idea what I'm getting. Is, is, is Stephon Diggs going to be good today? Is Josh Allen going to give the ball to the other team? Like, on quite, li- quite literally what it looks like on purpose? So I, I just don't know. I don't know. And when I don't know, I got to go with the points. I like Ooh, Indy. Ooh, wow. Rob, are you with me or are you with Ian? I'm going with the Bills. I, I've watched enough Colts this year to know that I don't like them. Like, there's not like every time I'm watching them, I'm like, well, what are they? Where are their strengths? They, they show me all their weaknesses. I never have to ask what their weaknesses are. They, they bring those right to the table. Yeah, yeah. He touches the ball every time on offense. His name is Carson Wentz. And like, I've, I've, I'd love to see Wentz succeed, but he's just, he's just bad at this point. Yes. Um, seven and a half is that fucking half point number. That fucking half point number. That backdoor cover is sitting right there. You can do it. Can I pick the Bills to win and the Colts to cover? That's you picking the Colts, and you can say that you think, and that's you saying that that the Bills are going to win, which is fine. Yeah, I think I think the Colts cover, and this is this is a game that probably won't hit the TV for me. Well, then let's stick with you because this game is definitely going to hit the TV. And it's the Dallas Cowboys visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by two and a half, Rob. Where are you going? The Dallas Cowboys visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. 
And I have to believe that the Chiefs have righted the ship. You don't have to believe it. No, no, no. no. For me personally, like, I, I think they've righted the ship. And I'm somebody that has so much Dallas Cowboys stock this, this year. Like, in every fantasy, <laughs> I was like, I took Dak in two out of my four. And anytime I took Dak, I took either CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper to stack them together. I have a lot of Dallas stock. I hope this is a good old-fashioned shootout, but I'll take the Chiefs. This, they're, Dallas is doing this without their best defensive player, which is bananas wait, to me. Wait, Micah Parsons is out? Micah Parsons is the best defensive player on the team because Demarcus Lawrence broke his foot week one. Right, and like, and Micah Parsons is a beast. My God, he is a beast. You know what we can talk about he defensive players, Rob? Because we have to have him in our fantasy pool. It, it really so, gets you up on it. And And look, why is Kansas City favored in this game? What evidence do we have to suggest that they should be favored? That they're Kansas there City. There is none. No, no, they're Kansas, Kansas City, City, and the public is going to push it. Like, although, Vegas knows what the, although the public is going to push it. The Dallas Cowboys are the, are the Toronto Maple Leafs, which means that they have the most fans in the league. Normally, you'd see this line be closer to one, but it's the Pat Mahomes factor. This is this is Dallas. I, I like. I I I am considering locking it. Well. Can I cover try and, and win for Dallas? I think this is a lock Dallas to cover or to win both. So the Kansas city chiefs are three and seven against the spread this year. And I think they covered like three times last year. They haven't covered in two years. They finally covered last week. Travis Kelsey came out. What do you say? I have my mojo back or yeah, I'm thinking that I'm back or some bullshit like that. Dallas Cowboys are seven and two or an eight and one against the spread. The one they lost was that 30 to nothing shellacking by the Denver Broncos. I also have Dallas. I also have Dallas. I, they have been more consistent. I truly believe that they are good. I could see the, I could see the chiefs winning. It's absolutely possible, but the chiefs can't play defense. And the Dallas Cowboys are trotting out Dak Prescott, who might who may be the he might have been the best quarterback we've seen this year so far, at least the most consistent. Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard, Gallup's back. Amari Cooper is he's around there somewhere. CD, they got two tight ends that they trust, and their defense is extremely opportunistic. I got the Cowboys. Rob, any final words? No, no. When, when the Chiefs win this one, they expect our group chat to go up. I, don't group chat it, <laughs> baby. We need Twitter. We need. We need. We need I'll interaction. Hold the L. Just I'll hold so the L, no when when I clip the two Kobe tweets, what I'll do is the two Kobe clips. I'll put them on Twitter, and then we can respond in there about the Chiefs games. So we just get all this interaction and hate oh, from that's people. Perfect. Across. That's what I thought. Rob Shaw, Pod God. Harry Potter, my favorite, the host of the Shaw's Law podcast. Make sure that you're checking him out on on Twitter, on Instagram. Check him out anywhere you can find a podcast. Rob, you're always welcome here. We love it. Thanks so much for coming on. Any last words? No, thanks for having me, guys. It's always a great time. I really appreciate getting to talk sports with you guys. Ian, sign us off, buddy. Thanks to the podcast for coming back on. It's it's so good to have family back in the building. Hopefully another pod coming next week. 
Go Cowboys.